What's up, everybody, and Happy New Year. Welcome to another episode of The Last Podcast You'd Want. I'm just going to be honest right at the top of the show. Uh, I was listening to my edit points, and this just drops off. Uh, I'm not sure what happened with the Skype recording that we had. I'm pretty sure I got it transcribed over properly. Uh, but at the 2.30, what would be the 2.30 mark after editing and all of that, uh, I asked about Celebrity Crush uh, back when I asked that question. And he starts talking about his answer, and then it just cuts off. So I do apologize. It's going to go ahead and do that, and then we'll just get the closing song and all that. Uh, but Sean Doherty is back for uh, the second week. I'm very much enjoying it. I got to figure this out, folks. I gotta, I'm got i not going to lie. I've had conversations that were recorded that I went to transcribe that uh, I that they either they, – they never happened. Like, they're lost episodes because – they just didn't, you know, they didn't they didn't transfer over properly. I had another interview that I was going to release next week, uh, and it only saved like 26 seconds, and it bums me out. I mean, I know y'all don't don't care specifically, uh, but it's episodes that I, I enjoyed doing that are lost that are lost to the ether that are are out there that no one will ever know about. Uh, other than that, uh, what have I been watching? Star Wars Episode 3, uh, Solo, A Star Wars Story, Rogue One, Episode 4. As I mentioned, uh, I might have mentioned, the wife has never seen any of the Star Wars films, so we're going through all those. I also watched Three Men and a Baby. That was a fun one. I always enjoy it. Uh, other than that, we're basically just going to get into the episode. I hope everybody had a, a safe and happy New Year's. Uh, I hope we're sticking with those resolutions. I'm still sticking strong. Uh, no soda, no candy, no fast food. Uh, a week into the new year, and I'm still going strong. What are you guys doing? What do you, What were your resolutions? What are we trying to do to be better at in the new year? Hit us up on Twitter, at TLPYW. Hit us up on Instagram, the last podcast you'd want. Uh, you can always go rate, review, five stars, please, and thank you on iTunes if you got that or wherever you subscribe to the show. Other than that, kids, I love you for coming on this continuous journey with me week after week uh, through almost a, a full year of quarantine. Uh, and that'll be a fun one because I got a, a countdown episode that I recorded way at the beginning of quarantine uh, where Nikki and Drew basically say they thought that quarantine would be done at June. And here we are seven you know, months later. Well, longer than that, because we recorded it, you know, like April. I got lots of episodes I recorded in like April, May that just still haven't gone out. That's way inside baseball that you guys don't need to know. But we're going to get inside into the episode. Uh, I'm happy with this. This is actually uh, take number one of the introduction. So ladies and gentlemen, once again, love you all for coming on this continuous journey with me week after week. We're going to get into it with me, Mr. Sean Doherty. Tip the veal. Try the staff. Enjoy the episode. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Coming in at number five in the box office this weekend, we have Fatal with $702,000. Monster Hunter comes in at number four with $1.3 million. News of the World drops down to number 3 with 1.7 million, while The Crudes, A New Age, climbs back to number 2 with 2.2 million, and Wonder Woman 1984 stays in the number 1 spot, pulling in $5.5 million. Those have been the top 5 films in the box office this week, and unfortunately folks, nothing new coming out to the theaters. But now, enjoy the episode. 
we're back. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We, we are officially in the new year. We are back. Happy here. birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, love that bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are back with part two, Mr. Sean Doherty. Sean, how's how, it going, everybody? How's your new year been? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, oof, let's see how well this one goes first. <laughs> All right, all right. So uh, we were last, last in the last episode of the last podcast where we got through three questions. <laughs> we were talking about the emperor's new groove. We now come to Steve as he's asking Sean his favorite director. So Sean, next question comes around. Uh, who who would you say is your favorite director? Okay, now this was a really tough one to do because. First of all, I'm not somebody who tends to follow directors. Uh, I tend to follow movies. I follow some actors, but I'm not, I, I am not like you and Mr. Joe Reese, where you can play six degrees of literally anybody in any movie. I, I just can't do that. I can't do that. But I have great appreciation for many movies. I have seen stupid amounts of movies. I have a stupid amount of movies. Um, uh, let me put it this way. My shelves, I have like six shelves. That's just VHS. And one of them is only the Disney's. Okay. Like it's that bad. Um, uh, <laughs> and then, and then there's not even the DVD Blu-rays. I like, that's a whole di- Yeah. Um, so when you say favorite director, I was really, I was, I was, it was a tough one. One name popped right into the sky, slapped me in the face and went, you're an idiot. And I was like, yeah, I'm an idiot. Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks is, I, 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 okay. The thing is with how, how the world has changed and how we have progressed as relatively decent human beings, kind of, um, uh, he made some of the most, well, let me put it this way. My friend Lynn saw sausage, uh, what was it? Sausage party or sausage? Sausage party. Sausage Party, yeah, the animated one with all the food. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they saw that movie. Uh, they came to work. They said that was the most offensive movie I've ever seen in my entire life, and I just stopped what I was doing. Turned, I looked at him and said, it "More offensive than Blazing Saddles?" And he just went, "Oh, no." <laughs> to which. Uh, I do believe it, it is, in fact, Mel Brooks who says that Blazing Saddles is the best movie ever to exist, and it's just his own movie. Uh, yeah. But he's like, no, it's great. <laughs> uh, to, and to be honest, yeah, uh, one of the things I truly love about Mel Brooks is a lot of people were like, he's offensive, he's being offensive, and he's being racist, and blah, blah, and, uh, and it's like, first of all, the number one race that he makes fun of he is. So stop it, first of all. Stop trying to be offended for other people. Sure. Okay. Second of all, he had the backing of both Clevington Little and Richard Pryor. Yes, absolutely. And those two and they were the ones that told him, so you might know that you you know you might know this, you might not know this. He didn't want to use the word so much. Yes. They told they told him Richard Pryor specifically said, No, you need to use it more. Yeah, because you, he wanted authenticity. He wanted it to, he, he, yeah, it's, it's one of the, and it's, 
it's a harsh word. Everyone knows what it is. It's the N word. Yeah. We all know the N word. We're Nancy. No, we're Nancy. not. Nancy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I ain't gonna say it because fuck nah. Uh, I'll say some offensive shit, but nah, that one Karen, has left Karen, my book. That's a, I meant to say Karen. Karen's the new N word. Oh. No, Karen is not the new N word because people are saying that Karen is the new N word. I automatically jump to um uh to to John um I just forgot his last fucking name. He's um he's Sp- uh, Spider Ham in um, oh uh, Mulaney yeah John Mulaney when when he's doing the bit uh do you know the bit that he did for uh, for midgets. No, I no, but I think it might be the same one that I see for me for the memes that have popped up that I love. He essentially was writing a bit for an award show and used the word midget. And one of the people came in and said, uh, who wrote this? And he said, I did. And he goes, you can't use the word midget. It's just as offensive as the N word. And he went, no, it's not. No, it's not. Because one you can say. And the other, the other one is the N word. Yeah, no, it, it's like when I heard the Karen joke and they're like, Karen is as bad as the N word. No, because when no. we say Karen, what we mean is cunt. Um, we're <laughs> just is, being polite. <laughs> which is my favorite, which is my favorite curse word ever. Uh, I, not mine, but I find it very appropriate when it needs to be. And with how they've been lately, they, it, they need it. What's your it's, favorite curse word? My favorite curse word? Yeah. Uh, The most versatile word in the English lexicon. Which is? Fuck. Okay. (laughs) Because you can do everything with the word fuck. Did your camera literally just move up to where you were without you touching it? My standing desk moved up while I was standing. Okay. <laughs> I I put on some shorts out of my jammy pants I, and, I and hit a button. Yeah. Well, okay. hey, I wore boxers. Okay. I ain't swinging swinging long still, for you. <laughs> I could still see it. Um, uh, well, I mean, my, my shorts go past my knees. Okay. What could I say? Um, <laughs> okay. So Mel Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks. I uh, it just amazing right. movies. Amazing. Uh, amazing. Um, and and. Um, and and the thing is, is, is like, I've always said, like, my least favorite Mel Brooks film is Dracula Dead and Loving It. Yes. Now, now that's saying, now that's not saying I don't, I don't, I, that's not saying I hate it. That's not saying I don't love it. I'm saying it's my least favorite movie that he's made. And I'm even ranking Life Stinks. Rank, Life Stinks actually ranks very high on my list for Mel Brooks. Okay. Which, well, a, lot I, of people, which a lot of people rank really low. Meh. I, uh, and, okay, but... And and just to prove Mel Brooks' brilliance, silent movie, oh, fucking amazing. Silent movie, yeah. because you get, go through. Honest, it doesn't get talked enough about on my podcast. People will bring up Mel Brooks, and we'll talk about Young Frankenstein, and we'll oh, talk yeah. about Blazing Saddles, and we'll talk yep. about baseball history. Yeah, history history gets brought up a little bit, but not nearly enough. Really. Yeah, I, you, know, Bert, you get the big three. You got the big three, and then to I be mean, honest, that's in my top three. I, I history of the world is is probably. I haven't. In, I haven't made. Uh, I haven't made top that, two. I haven't made that list yet. It's going to be tough for me to make a top ten, or for for me to make. Just a, it, a, a top the only list, one that beats history is Blazing Saddles to me. That's like, it. like for me, for me, it's like a tie between Blazing Saddles and Spaceballs. If only for the fact that I named my cockatiel at the age of five Barf. <laughs> and he lived till I was 27. Oof. Yeah, and he, he, said, birds. <laughs> he said Barf's a pretty bird. But uh, Mel Brooks, I mean, fuck, dude. Everything he does is, is amazing. Yeah. I, I, I love him. 
Uh, it's I've said it before. I've said it again. I think it's the only celebrity that I I would meet that I think I would just start crying. Fanboy, hardcore fanboy. I'd be so overwhelmed with emotion, like only because, and, and this speaks true for me, and this can speak true to you or or to anyone. It, I don't want to say it speaks true to everyone, but he was such an influential part of my childhood. Yes, absolutely. Like, growing up in the '80s, like uh, I was born in '82, uh, so you know, Spaceballs came out in the mid '80s, and that that's like the first real movie I remember. But I remember, you know, being single digits, double digits, and watching Blazing Saddles. Yeah, and, and hearing hearing it and not thinking anything of it, and and it's because our brains were innocent back then. Absolutely, and it's great. Uh, Rick Kosick told me that I want to say it's Jack. It's either Jackass One or Jackass Two when they do the big musical number at the end. Oh God, <laughs> yeah. Was heavily was heavily influenced by Mel Brooks' scene in Blazing Saddles. The end. Oh, with, the ending scene. With, okay. With Dom, with Dom DeLuise. Yeah. Like, like Mel Brooks is, is, is a movie, is a man, dude, next time you watch it, just remember that. Like, it's just influenced, you know, I, by, oh God, God, I love like, it. It's just like, so good. I, I have nothing. I could just, I could just do an entire episode. Like, oh, yeah. it, uh, like, oh my God, if I, if I could get, uh, I'd, I'd yeah, give, yeah. I'd go give, on for hours. I'd Ab- give, well, I'd give anything just to get fucking Mel Brooks on my show. Oh. Like, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, Give me thirty. Give me thirty minutes, and I swear I'm only going to talk about one movie with him. Yeah. Like, and I don't even know what movie that would be. Well, it's it's crazy because like when I had when I had you know Clint Howard on, uh, it, it was a time constraint. There was a certain amount of time that I was allowed, and I understand he has things he has to do. Right. Um, and like I told you, we only talked about six projects, and it's it's I I loved it though. I brought up I brought up Andy Griffith, and twenty minutes later he was done talking about Andy Griffith, and then I brought up Star Trek. And 15 minutes later, he was done. And I didn't mind. I didn't get to ask him any of the questions that I normally ask on the show. It was yeah. just it was just me asking him about his works. A great one that I don't know if you know, and this is a Disney classic. Huh? Clint Howard is the baby elephant in the Jungle Book. No kidding. Clint Wait, Howard. We're talking like the original... Like Louis Armstrong, Louis Armstrong, okay. Shere Khan, the uh, all the, the all the, yeah. the baby. No kidding. Clint, Clint Howard as a as a child. Wow, he started off young, huh? <laughs> it, when he did Andy Griffith, he was only two or three years old. He doesn't remember any of that. It What's was the just, age difference between him and Ron? Uh, Ron is older. I know that much. Yeah, it, but it's not it's five, five like five like four or five years. I want to say. Okay, because I was like, okay, if he was that young doing Jungle yeah. Book, like, would he, would Ron have been in Happy Days by then? But I don't think no, so. No, no, Ron wouldn't have been in Happy Days by then because he was like six when he did um, the Jungle Book. Ron Howard uh, was born in, come on, internet, <laughs> uh, 19, 19, 1954. Okay. Uh, Clint Howard was born in 1959 five-year difference okay so four four to five yeah yeah but yeah so so yeah um 
so I don't yeah. remember what we were originally talking about. With, uh, Clint I, Howard I, being awesome and uh, yeah, he's how you could go on and on and on. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. And even if we got Mel Brooks for 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. If that's I where you tangented minutes. from. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. You, you, you and me. Hey, um, uh, no, we're, we're horrible at that. No, no, no. We're great at reminding each other. And that's, that's yeah. great. Uh, so, yeah, Mel Brooks is, Mel is Brooks amazing. Is uh, great. And, and with a director, uh, they... Uh, with with a great director, you can you can have a great cast. Uh, so favorite actor actress. No no no, I I I'm not done with directors. We got oh, I got to sure. scooch oh. back a little bit. Oh no sure, now, sure sure. Um, he again somebody who doesn't get talked about enough, but he really hasn't. He doesn't have a huge category for things that he's directed. He's got a huge category for things that he's written and things that he's acted in. Terry Gilliam. Okay. Fuck. I can fuck okay. with So, Monty Python. He was sure. the director for that. Um, Time fucking... Bandits. Yeah, absolutely. Time I Bandits. Time. I love Time Bandits. Great cast. Uh, I, I, I have John to gloss Curry. over it just because of how fucking weird it is. Brazil. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Uh, yeah. No. Um, I'll just, I'm just going to scooch on to uh, <laughs> The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Oh, amazing. That, that's one of the first films we really see Robin Williams in, I want to say. Yes. Uh, that's probably one of the younger movies that I have ever seen him in. Um, 12 Monkeys. Yeah, okay. So, fun fact, fun fact. Uh, uh, I told you that me and Nikki and Drew did the 1990s ranking. Right. 1995, my choice, 12 Monkeys. Uh, yeah. No, I loved it. And, um, and here are the great films that came out in 95. And funny enough, I wasn't a huge fan of Bruce Willis in that movie. Everyone else, I loved. Oh, like, Brad Pitt's fucking amazing. Amazing. Uh, oh, dude, I talk about a versatile actor, man. That guy could go so many yeah. directions. So really it's, quick, ni- 95, Billy Madison, Tommy Boy, Congo, Mortal Kombat, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Those are the films that I had on my potentials <laughs> for 95, and 12 Monkeys won it. Uh, to which, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, fear, fear and loathing, right? Fear and loathing was the oh, next one. Oh my god! No words need to be said because it is a visual, a written, a everything masterpiece. That is, it, it's just phenomenal. And how he is able to show him on drugs, how he was able to give these perspectives, how he was able to like just change how we viewed it was phenomenal. And he still made it all seem real like it was like a just a normal everyday kind of a thing it's just well you know and again another movie filled with amazing amazing just background characters cameos i mean uh, spider-man was in it okay come on and he was balding as hell in that movie as that character like Jeezy crazy. Like I oh, I'm story. bald now and I'm not I wasn't I've never been thinning as bad as that man that character was. Sure. Woof. <laughs> yeah, a good a young Christina Ricci in that film. Yep. Lots oh, of I, I pen and pen and teller. I always love going to Circus Circus just just because like part of it was filmed there, you yeah. know, with the with the little circle. Is that woman fucking a bear? Is that bear fucking a woman? Um I, I was hanging out. Uh, I, I I did um, Salvia uh, with uh, with uh, Lindsay and her ex, who shall uh, not be named. Um, no new drugs, kids. <laughs> oh, you can do man now. Trey Trey Galleon, the great comedian Trey Galleon. His words of advice at the end of the show was, uh, 
was do drugs and enjoy life. Like, yeah, try no. and to me, I, I, I am definitely not one to speak. I've done my own laundry <laughs> list of things that I have, sure. uh, uh, but have I, done. I, I smoked salvia during the, uh, during the, the hotel check-in scene with the golf shoes. <laughs> <laughs> That was interesting. I, that was an interesting. I love the golf shoes. <laughs> Tell me about the goddamn golf shoes. Um, but no, Terry, <laughs> Terry, Terry um, and what what else do we got? Keep uh, going. And and the the last one I'm gonna throw out for directors. Um, and here's another thing that that a lot of people when they they look at me and they they go over because I have to bring it up. Star Wars. Okay. Okay. Uh, for anybody who knows me, uh, they know that I do enjoy me some Star Wars. If you really want to get into it, I've, I have a tattoo that covers the upper half of my left arm. I hate, have you hate the Mandalorians, all right? You hate the Mandalorians. You can you, you love you love Star Wars, but you, you hate can them. burn in hell. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, hell, my guest room is nothing but all my Star Wars swag, art, every it, like it is a Star Wars room. Like, literally, that is my guest room. It is all Star Wars in there. Um, so I love it. George Lucas is not the person I'm going to put out here. However, but the reason why I'm bringing this up, the reason, one of the biggest reasons why I loved the original Star Wars and one of my biggest arguments against the uh, prequels was the reason why Star Wars was so influential to me was because I learned how they made it. I learned about how they developed some of the biggest things of technology that we use, uh, that we used on the regular for at least 30 years. They were developed creating Star Wars. And I have so much respect for a movie that breaks barriers visually, artistically, to portray something that we have never seen before. So I love Star Wars and I think George Lucas ha is a great visionary but I'm not putting him in my directors because I'm putting Alfred Hitchcock. Okay. Who falls under that exact same category. That man broke boundaries creating some of the best parts of cinematography not not just the writing, not just how it was done, like everything that made those movies happen from from chocolate syrup to uh hell to um vertigo just the falling scene alone oh, he developed all of these ways of creating these movies that people never thought of and i love that and, and that's that in my opinion is what truly can help create a, uh, that truly helps make a great director. Director Mel Brooks did it, but in his own way. He broke barriers and he did it by pushing the limit past what people thought he was going to go. And he's like, "No, I'm going over here. I'm going to say the N word 500 times in one movie." But you can also you can also give reference. You you mentioned Hitchcock. Uh, uh, Brooks obviously gives tribute to Hitchcock. Oh, absolutely. Uh, in the fact in the fact that a uh, Hitchcock is is one of the first directors to to cameo in his movies. Yep. To where he's been in the back scenes. But then you take the prime example of High Anxiety. High Anxiety you, is is a parody, but not only is it a parody, it's a tribute to Alfred Hitchcock. Ooh, one moment, please. I need to step away for just one second. I, that I, is 
we, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, we will be right back after this commercial break. And we're back from that commercial break. And with directors being done and you talking about some great directors, Sean, uh, mm. we do come to uh, actors and actresses. And I know that, you know, you're not, you're not, uh, you already said it yourself. You're not a big, you know, you're, you're not as passionate I about don't it. don't know the names. Like you me, are the man who is passionate. I am a bystander simply here for the show. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> but I, uh, you know, I, I do know a bit. I, I have seen a lot. I just don't remember it all, <laughs> which is no real surprise to anybody. Um, that, that knows you. <laughs> yeah, that knows me. Um, so, okay. So this was, th yeah, this was a real tough one for me. Um, so I ended up going with uh, three actors and three actresses because, yeah. And it's a mix of people who, everything I, uh, you know, I already said him, so I don't need to go back into it. Tom Hanks is, in my opinion, one of the best actors out there. He's very versatile. He right. can work with a complete range of, you know, everything from extremely dramatic to ridiculously hilarious to, uh, you know, a, a little bit of action. I, I mean, I don't really know how much you can count Angels and Demons and The Da Vinci Code as, as action. And, but... And and Dante, Dante's Inferno. They made, they did a third one. Okay. Oh God. Ben Foster was in that one. Oh God. <laughs> um, I want to say yeah. it's Dante's Inferno. So oh, I don't. No, I it, don't... Was just, it was just Inferno. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I. But I. But I. But I digress. Yeah. Uh, uh, but you know, Tom Hanks, amazing. Everything. I, I I couldn't put him in this list because I knew I was already going to talk about how phenomenal he is. But I just have to say, he's I, he's probably one of my favorite people not even just actors and actresses just a famous person who is out there doing their magic tom hanks is just he's phenomenal so i'm not going to put him in this category because i've already said too much um to which when it comes to acting itself i'm going to put the the actor that i still don't understand but i take gladly um the actor that i have been told i look the most like Gary Oldman. Okay, yeah, I can. Okay, I can see it. I, uh, I, and to which, whenever I heard that, because, and here's where I, here's where it comes to it. I always wonder which version of Gary Oldman. Uh, because, or because, and I'm not even kidding. The first time I ever shaved my mohawk in my entire life Sydney. was at a, a St. Patrick's Day party. And I had just broken up with one girlfriend and had already been dealing with another girlfriend. And um, so I was like, fuck all this noise. I, you know, I'm in college and I got a job and I work at a porn store, so I don't give a shit. So I shaved a mohawk and I walked outside from the bathroom of shaving that mohawk, did not get 15 feet. And someone was like, hey, you look like that guy from Fifth Element. And I was like, son of a bitch. Because by this point, I had already heard Gary Old been told I look like Gary Oldman at least a half a dozen to at least a dozen times. It's, yeah. Um, but I also want to know, do I look like the professional Leon version of Gary Oldman, where he's a scruffed out DEA agent who is on way too many drugs? Do I look like that, Gary Oldman? I sometimes hope not. <laughs> um, uh, but again, he's phenomenal in everything. 
I, uh, he's just, I mean, hell, Sirius Black. He, he didn't even have that big a role, and he nailed it. Like, he was phenomenal. He showed how he was the crazy guy who had been locked up and dealing with the Dementors this whole, for years upon years upon years, which made it, drove him mad. And then when he got out and he was starting to, you know, the, yeah, all of the, like, he's just phenomenal. Phenomenal. There's, like, there was a collection of movies where I I got through, what was it? Um, uh, What was the sequel to Silence of the Lambs? Hannibal? Yes. Oh, yes. Where he's the fucking fucked up face guy. I did not know that was him. Yeah, I didn't either. I got through the entire movie, went home, saw a thing, uh, or uh, read a report on it, and they're like, Gary Oldman was... And I'm like, what the hell did Gary Oldman play? I didn't see him at all. Oh my god, he played that guy. He was phenomenal. Yeah, He, he was really, great. Everyone, everyone, always, everyone always talks about, and this was talked about on a previous podcast, I forget which one, because I've done so many. But everyone always wants to talk about how committed and, and, and how much into a role Daniel Day-Lewis gets. And Gary Ullman doesn't get enough credit because that no. two two actors, two actors that that absolutely just just melt into a character and you forget you're watching that is Gary Ullman and Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. My, my opinion. Well, because okay. I, every time Let's I watch honest, every, though, like, every time it, I watch Adam's Family, uh, it blows my mind that Fester Adams is Christopher Lloyd. Blows yeah. my mind. Well, okay, and then there is a meme that goes around where it's like there are some actors where you see them and it doesn't matter what movie they're in, you just see them. And they use Nicolas Cage as the reference. <laughs> it was like, yeah, that's pretty much Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Um, uh, except for Face Off, which I will give him massive points for because he played Nicolas Cage being John, John, uh, John Travolta. John Travolta. Uh, yeah. Um, so there's that. But... He so, then so there, and, and then it shows, and then it was. Then there's those actors who play every part, and you are you you. It's you know that that's that actor, but they embrace that actor so much that you're just like, well, that's a completely different character every single time they play a part. Johnny Depp. Okay. Fun fact, real quick. Fun fact: the day that Nicolas Cage finished shooting Con Air was the day that he started filming Face Off. <laughs> uh i have probably was, seen face off face off is probably the second most movie i've ever seen in my life oh wow what's the first teenage mutant ninja turtles the first one okay i just <laughs> I, found out, I just found out the other day that sam rockwell's in that film yep yeah he's one of the little gangbangers he's the one who, he's the one in the very beginning when they show up and goes he, he goes hey man can i get some cigarettes and he just pulls out two cartons and he goes menthols or regulars <laughs> and, and just like and he gives one to the guy and then he, he throws one off to some guy who's playing i think narc like that was the video game he was playing which i thought was even funnier um but yeah sam sam rockwell that was like i think it was i don't know if it was his first movie but it was definitely up there in one of his uh, very very first sam, dude sam rock you talk about a versatile actor oh that actually does much he was but, someone so, so. that took a while for me to to really like appreciate him, but now I absolutely appreciate that man. He is he's phenomenal. I so think the he's first good. the first movie I remember seeing Sam Rockwell in is Matchstick Men. Funny enough, with Nicolas Cage, uh, <laughs> but I had already seen him in Galaxy Quest, and I had already seen him in Charlie's Angels. Loved him. He was perfect as Guy. He like, was. He based Perfect. his entire performance. He based his entire performance off Bill Paxton and Aliens. 
<laughs> I love that. Oh, and, and yeah, you do know about Hicks and Aliens, though, right? The guy who played uh, Hicks, the corporal, the one who ended up having to take charge when all the other guys were dying off. Okay. Um, he was not supposed to play that part. So, yeah. Um, I got a kid. I'm blanking on his name. Um, God, he's been in a million things. He he died in um, Red. He was the one who got shot in the. John Malkovich. No, no, no. Um, Anthony he's the one who got shot in the air in the uh, tower, the aircraft tower. When when John Malkovich was like, that helicopter's back again, and he's like, yeah, no, see, it says da da, and they're like looking at what the serial numbers on the helicopter was, and he goes, oh, I'll check, and once he checks, he gets shot. Um, uh, hold on, I'm looking up. I'm looking up the cast of Red right now. Uh, so I'm, there it is, James Remar. Okay, now I, the name sounds familiar. I need to check and see who it is. James. Um, Warriors, Mortal Kombat. Oh, uh, second one. Yeah, Mortal yeah. Kombat. Yeah, 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 yeah. I always remember uh, him. Was, Dexter's Phantom. dad wasn't he? Dexter's dad too. Was Dexter's yeah. dad? I always remember yeah. him. Uh, uh, the the Phantom was the first movie I remember him being. Oh in. God, yeah. No, I loved him in Phantom. Uh, but yeah, he was originally supposed to play Hicks. He got kicked off the movie because he kept showing up drunk. And um, uh, when they when they replaced him, um, uh, he was the uh, the guy who replaced him for Hicks was the only actor who did not personalize his armor because they didn't have another set for him to use. So he had to use the set that James Remar decorated because when they when they each got their their guns and their stuff and they're like, yeah, deck them out like the old Vietnam guys. Everyone did that. Everyone got their own set of toys to play with. And, and yeah, and he replaced awesome. James Remar like a uh, few weeks into filming. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's always, that's one of those little sneaky ones because I love Hicks as a character. I think he's great. You know, nuke the psych from orbit. It's the only way to I gotta, sure. I gotta rewatch that series. We've been doing, we've been doing kind of uh, uh, film series. Uh, we just did uh, essentially all of the Conjuring series. We hadn't seen any of those. Oh. The only, the only ones that we haven't watched uh, is The Curse of La Llorona. And uh, she hasn't seen Annabelle Homecoming yet. But Annabelle Homecoming was actually the first movie I watched in the series. I saw that oh. one. I saw that one in the theater by myself. Oof. It, was, cre it was creepy. I was back row. I'm a back row kid because, you know, okay. you, you can hit your vape pen and get away with it. Um, <laughs> Except for when it drifts up into the line side of the <laughs> i know and i always sit like dead center you so don't always... sit dead center if you're doing that you go always... sit off to the side at one point i look up and i just see the big cloud smoke and i'm all fuck, fuck. hopefully no one comes in and fucking looks at did this. you not learn anything from from rocky rules okay I, yeah no. <laughs> um uh but uh uh we've been oh. so so no the alien series is one that that we might have to to revisit because that's oh, a good i mean it is because because you get you get into that and i mean with that you can get right into predator as well yeah. like because then you get the big crossovers with that well and and that's the thing i love i love all of the aliens movies i still haven't seen the sequel to uh prometheus yet uh the latest one that they just did yeah 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 with danny mcbride's in it yeah with danny mcbride in it um yeah. And uh, but other than that, I, I love them all. I think they're they're great. I love the original Predator movies one and two. Um, when you when they crossed them over, that's when I had problems. 
I had a lot of problems. With I that. like uh, I, I, the first one. The first one's kind of a shit show. I'll watch it just because of uh, the, the nostalgia. I worked in a movie. Well, that, that's that's and... my problem with the first one. My problem with the first one is I I I had I, I we're all big nerds here. If we're especially if we're listening to this podcast, but I have a collection of comic books and graphic novels, right? The problem that I have, the biggest problem I have, is the movie, the first movie, was a slapdash of three different graphic novels that they just took the parts that they wanted and they threw it into this fucking toilet wreck of a movie. Like, like, they, it, did, like it, they did with the new Hellboy film. I didn't, did not give two fucks about seeing that. They took, they took like three. So sad. They took like three major like comic storylines and like just smashed them all. I saw it in the theater and, uh, and I had yeah. I had free tickets. I had free tickets. Okay, so. hey, you know I, I won't look at free tickets in the mouth. But yeah, so uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm going with that. But Gary Oldman, I really, I really like the second one though. I will say I know you're good trying to go back. Yeah. I will oh, yeah. say the second Alien versus Predator, Alien versus Predator Requiem. I want to say is what it's called. Was that the one with uh, all the the military it takes, guys? It takes place in like a mountain town, yeah, and it had um, uh, Peel in it. No, it had Key in it. No, that's Predator. That was the third one. That no, that's no, that's like the fourth one. That's oh, Predators because it's Predator. No. It's Predator. Predator two. Then it's Shane Black's Predator. Then it's the one with Keegan Key that actually had a, a child predator in the film. Ugh. Ugh. That's a Matthew Vaughn. Matthew Vaughn did the fourth one, right? Yeah. And then there was Predators, which had Adrian Brody. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's Shane Black. That's the third one. Oh, okay. No, then Key uh, Key was Keegan, in the other one the right four, after that's, that. One. That's the fourth one. Predators. Sure. I don't even know because Predator. Here, hold on. I'm looking it up right now. Mm. <laughs> This is going to drive me up a wall. Predator. All right, we're going to look up that. Nope, I was correct. Predators, 2010, Adrian Brody. Okay, 2018, The Predator. (laughs) Predator. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, okay, yeah. So Predators is the Adrian Brody. uh, Which I love that one. Oh, fuck. Shane Black directed The Predator as well. uh, The director of Predators was uh, Nimrod and Antel. That's so weird. I could have I could have sworn Shane Black did the third one. All right, so I was half right. Shane Black <laughs> did the fourth one. He did the fourth one. Yes, I'm but big, yeah, I'm a big fan of Shane Black. I was blown away to find out that Shane Black originally wrote Lethal Weapon. Like with all the shit that he's done. What? Oh, you didn't that know? That? No. Lethal Weapon. Yeah, Shane Black. Oh, nice, nice. And oh, yeah, yeah. speaking of another uh, great series, you look, you look, you look it up. He goes considered one of the pioneer screenwriters of the action genre. Black made his mark with *Lethal Weapon* (1987) screenplay. He also, he also collaborated on the story to the sequel *Lethal Weapon 2*. Uh, each successive script he turned in had a higher price attached to it. *The Last Boy Scout* (1991) to *The Last Long Kiss Goodnight* (1996). And in love between, both of those. Love both of those movies so much. And in between a dot, 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 dot. And I'm oh. like, no, yeah. And that's what, no. See, ah, oh, damn it. I'm actually very upset now that I did not put the long Shane, kiss goodnight. Shane Black, he, do he, do Shane Black kiss, kiss, bang, bang. He wrote it. Yeah. No, he was I, great. Yeah, that's a great movie too. Like, but I, but long kiss goodnight. I'm actually upset that I have not, I didn't put that in my. 
Oh, long my repertoire. Kiss it's fucking amazing. amazing. Long Kiss Goodnight is one of the films that I forgot when I when I was lucky enough to be a contestant on Doug Loves Movies. I won it by uh, doing a game where someone names an actor or actress from the audience. And then we all took turns naming that uh, movies that actor or actress was in. And we had Sam Jackson. And I forgot The Long Kiss Goodnight. And I forgot uh, Kingsman, Secret Service. Okay. But, but I did, I did, I was the one that pulled out Goodfellas. And I was also the one that pulled out Coming to America, which, you know, are deep, are deep fucking pulls for Sam Jackson. Uh, to which I'm going to go ahead and say, I believe it was. Uh, uh coming to america where sam jackson was simply noted uh character was black guy <laughs> yeah i'd say that would probably I think that's what the character it's just character. had it it's a character it just like they're going through the character list it just says black guy samuel jackson and i went you're kidding me right <laughs> but yeah no i long so, kiss so, goodnight phenomenal one of the best action movies in my opinion i've seen it easily uh, and he just he just wrote that he just wrote that so 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 really quick this is this is crazy uh blows my mind here i'm gonna just gonna go shane black's writing credits really fast oof okay lethal weapon yep the monster squad wow wolfman's got nards wolfman's got nards was written by shane black Characters and story for Lethal Weapon 2, screenplay for Last Boy Scout, characters, he's given credit for characters in Lethal Weapon 3. He wrote the screenplay for Last Action Hero. Oh, which uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that was the first movie soundtrack I owned on DVD, on CD. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, He did uh, characters for Lethal Weapon 4. He did the screenplay for Iron Man 3. He also directed Iron Man 3. Um, Yeah. The Nice Guys, which I fucking loved, Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, got, he got credit uh, for, uh, and I think he did a story. Oh, he did the pilot. He did the pilot for the Lethal Weapon TV series. Uh, he wrote The Predator, uh, and he's writing a movie called Doc Savage. Which <gasps> yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. And for I, those of you who don't know, that is a huge comic book reference for all the nerds out there. Doc Savage is up there in the classics of the classics. Doc Savage existed before most of the Marvel characters that any of you people know. Okay. He like, yeah, he's got to be at least almost 90 years old now because I believe Doc Savage was one of like, was coming out in like Superman times. Yeah. Here's the crazy, here's the crazy thing about, about Shane Black going back to Shane Black real quick. Okay. The first movie he directed was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Which was phenomenal. Iron Man 3. Yeah. The Nice Guys, The Predator, Doc Savage. That's his that's his that's his directing. He's only directed five movies. But look at everything he fucking wrote. I dude, I'm finding out today. I was this many years old when I found <laughs> Shane, when I found out Shane Black wrote the Monster Squad. Yeah, no, that's I'm I'm really having issues collecting that one. That blows my fucking <laughs> mind. Uh, blows oof. my mind. And and I mean, uh, for all purposes, I hope by this point in time, then this comes out, I already have it recorded. But I've been I've been talking back and forth with Ashley Banks, who plays uh, or Ashley Bank, who plays Phoebe the Phoebe. <laughs> like like I'm in talks to get her on the show. Like oh, that, that'd she be has great. two. She has two kids and is constantly busy, so I'm waiting for schools to open back up in California, All so right. I so I can get her on the show. 
and I'll tell you later off the air about Andre Gower. Moving on with that. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Sorry, Shane. we're still in that. We're still in that section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, Gary go. Oldman was the only one we got past. <laughs> okay. And then we now I'm going to say this one, and and here's something. It's going to be one more of those things that pisses me off because it happens all the damn time. I see something and I go, "This is awesome. I love this thing." And then I get mocked and mocked and mocked for it. And then fucking five, ten years later, it becomes popular. And then everyone looks at me with, oh, you're just because he's pop. And I just go, fuck you. You made fun of me back then for this. And I'm just going to go ahead and say this one because everyone loves this man now. Alan Tudyk. Oh, yeah. Steve the Pirate. So, ah, I go even further back. I recognized um, when I first saw Alan Tudyk as an actor and went, this guy's going to be great. I want to see where he goes. 28 Days with Sandra Bullock. He was, yeah, he, he's got the best. He, in my, he had the one line that just made me laugh my ass off. And it's when he's all in his climbing gear and he's just suspended there. And he plays this super gay uh, European guy. And he just points to his junk and he goes, oh, my God, look at my package. It's huge. And it's <laughs> like I, I couldn't stop laughing at hearing him say it. Like, and it was, it was like the last line of a scene. And then it cuts away to the next scene. Like that, like even a time difference, there was no, it was like a, a big gap in time. So I was like, that's hilarious. And then he has the ending scene of the entire movie with Sandra Bullock, where he's breaking down because he realizes that he's not going to have sex. <laughs> because when he was in therapy, the whole question was, how long can we start getting back into relations? And the doctor says, first get a plant. When the plant is good after six months, get a dog if the dog's still going good after two years then it's okay and you should be fine to start dating but you need to take that time for yourself to fix yourself like does this whole spiel about that the ending scene is her going into a plant like a flower shop to get a plant and it's him freaking out to the poor lady who is working behind the desk with this little itty bitty puppy that's on a leash and he's holding this dead plant and he's just going, why is it dying? I've done everything you said. I talked to it. I watered it. I treated it with good care. There was, it had lots of stuff. And then Sandra Bullock comes over and gives like a little, oh honey, kind of smile because they both got out of, you know, uh, rehab yeah. together. And he just breaks down, and the last thing he says is, oh, God, I'm never going to have sex again. Because, <laughs> and I was like, this guy is great. I want to see where he goes. And the next thing I saw him in was, uh, it wasn't Steve the Pirate. It was, oh, God. Was, was it a Night's Tale? Yes. It was him at, oh, I mean, I will fong you. As soon as he showed up on scene, I went, that's the guy from 28 Days. And I went, this is going to be good. I, 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 as soon as I recognized him, I just sat back and went, this is going to be good. And, it, and, and he was, in my opinion, one of the absolute best things about that entire movie. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, uh, A Knight's Tale is a real, a real weird one for me. Um, I only have issues with the songs. <laughs> when they start trying to break into musical, that's when I had a problem. 
Um, other than that, I I thoroughly enjoy everything about Night's Tale. I think the acting is great. I she um, uh, you know Jason Momoa's wife was amazing. Um, I I'm totally blanking on her name. Sure. Um, no, so Kravitz's many great his daughter. Huh? Lenny Kravitz's daughter. Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. Yes. So yeah, you know all the 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 whole movie phenomenal, great movie, everything sure. about it. Alan, and, and you can look at the 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 great the great works. I mean, not we already mentioned Dodgeball, uh, super funny. Uh, uh, our friend Drew, uh, at one point he cut his hair really short, and he he looked like Steve the Pirate, like so much yeah. to the so much to the point that our manager came down. the The movie was out in the theater. When he got this haircut, Dodgeball was playing in the theater. Did he ask him to dress up as a pirate? Our manager came down, looked at him, and went, hey, it's Steve the Pirate. He just literally, we hadn't even told him. Like, this was like the day after he got the haircut. And the manager comes down and goes, hey, it's Steve the Pirate. And he just, oh, my God, Drew. When you look like it, you look like it, bro. (laughs) But it's it's so great because he's got that voice that that you can almost always recognize, yet not. Like when he was in, uh, previously mentioned, Wreck-It Ralph. Yep. Uh, he, played, he played King Candy. I, yep. I was sitting there the whole time going, I know that voice. I know that voice. I, me too. And, I and had to wait until credits. Up. I had to wait until credits to figure out who it was. And I went, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and then, to, like, which, to which then I'm going to have to jump over to another amazing uh, animated film that he was in. And he did a hilarious job of voicing Moana. <laughs> He's fucking, uh, he's the chicken, right? He's hey, hey. He's hey, hey. He's hey, hey, the chicken. Um, there is a great shot. At, you can easily find it on YouTube, but it's him just doing all the bucking, like the chicken noises into this, this thing. And I, I don't remember what he said. I think, it, I think he quite literally turns, looks at the camera and goes, I went to Juilliard. <laughs> <laughs> like, or I'm pretty sure, I think it was Juilliard, but like he, it's, yeah, he's just like, I did that, and now I'm doing chicken voices. I mean, come on. The fact that they tied in Wreck-It Ralph with Zootopia was just brilliant. Did oh, you, yeah. Did, you know that part, right? Yeah, with all the VHSs, right? No, well, no, it's the names. Okay, so, uh, so oh, uh, sorry, it wasn't Wreck-It Ralph, it was um, uh, Frozen. Oh, never seen Frozen. Never played. Okay, on. so in he plays one of the the badder character. He's not the villain, but he's just one of he's the he's the asshole. Um, and his character is uh, the Duke of Wesselton, sure. and everyone makes like says Weaselton, and he always pops up and he goes Wesselton, and he's this little short guy and he's got a really bad mullet that pops up, you know, or uh, a really bad headwig, and it just goes you know every time he does that. And, and he does this whole bit. Well, fast forward to when he's in Zootopia. His character's okay. name is Duke Weaselton. Sure. He's the Duke of Wesselton in one movie, and he's Duke Weaselton in the... Yeah. I was like, really? We're going we're gonna to play that game? Okay, we're going to so play really that quick, game. So really quick, let me, let me see if... Because uh, you, you heard it last time, which means that it's going to be on the recording. Uh, let's see if this is the clip that you were talking about. Let's see here. Hold on a second. (laughs) 
Yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> see? It's, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. And and the face he has, the face that he has when he does that is just, it's too good. It's just too good. Yeah. It's just too good. Oh, that is so good. That's so funny. Yeah. And, and then I'll bring up, I'll bring up one of, um, one of my favorite roles for him. Um, oh man. And it is a film. It is a film that it is my favorite film of any. And you, you're going to, you're going to be like, what? I mean, you may agree with me. You may disagree with me. If you're going to pull out one that I think you're going to pull out, I'm going to be really surprised, but go ahead. My favorite role that he's ever done. K2SO. It is my favorite. Oh, of Wars okay. Film, Rogue One. What did you it, think I was going to pull? I, I thought, okay, see, now I thought you were going to go obscure. Um, one of my favorite movies he is in, he, the, he's actually my favorite character in, he, which also has... Um, oh, I think, I think I know where you're going to go, and that's like my second favorite Alan Tudyk film. Well, well, no, no, no. It's one that they have made many, many variations of. Okay, maybe we're not talking about the same film. Death at a Funeral. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's in the original, right? He's no. I don't think it's the original, but he's in one of the earlier. What he was in that was uh, two thousand seven. Uh, but there's I been. Say, like, I want to say he's in the British one. I want to say he's in the British one, and I want to say that James Marsden, who plays Cyclops in in the X Men films, plays his character in the remake. I think you are correct. I want to say I'm correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, because well, the the thing is, yeah, because Alan Tudyk plays and Peter Dinklage is in this too, which makes it even Peter better. Dinklage, because, Peter Dinklage is in both of them. Yes, which I think is even funnier. Um, uh, but yeah, Alan Tudyk Alan, for sure is in the original. Um, yeah, is that the original though? Directed by Frank Oz. Yes. Oh, and that will be coming up as my third actor. Actually, funny enough that you say that. Um, yeah, no. Uh, Death at a Funeral. He's brilliant. Uh, he, especially when he does the whole thing where he's accidentally tripping on a shitload of drugs all at the same time, um, at the actual funeral. That w- it was it was brilliantly done. I think he was amazing. The fact that you could see that he was a char- he was playing a character who was really fucked up, but really trying to maintain, and he did it flawlessly. Like I, I've seen. I've seen that look before of people who are severely <laughs> fucked up on drugs, but really trying hard to maintain. And he, he did it. He, he nailed it. Sure. He nailed it. The movie that I thought you were going to say, and then we will, then we'll move on to Frank Oz. Uh, and I want to get this right because I always swap the names up. Uh, oh, fuck. Where is it? Come on. Uh, Tucker and Dale versus evil. Oh, okay. I have only seen that movie once. And it was brilliant. Oh, the movie's fucking amazing. Um, yeah. I can't fucking find it. What the fuck? It, I, it's I Tucker say, and Dale versus Evil. Yeah, you and, are, he you plays, and, and he plays Tucker. There it is. Yeah, Tucker yes, and Dale it's versus the, Evil. It's the first one that pops up on my IMDb uh, of the list when it yeah. shows. Fucking. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no. He, the, that movie was not at all what I was expecting it to be. And as I was going through that, I it was just a mixture of awe and gasping and laughing my ass off. It was it was brilliant. And when when I was like, but it's Alan Tudyk, and I'm like, all right, I'll watch it. And I yeah, I I was like, this is so well done. And Alec Tudyk is being Alan Tudyk in his usual picking a role that you really wouldn't expect, but fucking nail it. Oh, speaking of Alan Tudyk cameos, Deadpool two. Thank you and good night. And, um, 
with Matt Damon. Uh, with Matt Damon. That's yeah. right. Uh, okay, so with that, we move to Frank Oz. Frank Oz. Jesus Christ. Where do do you want to start? Do you want to start with the Muppets? Do you want to start with Sesame Street? Do Spies you, like us. Do you want to start with with that? Do I, I with, want to start with Spies, Spies like, like us. us. Um. <laughs> he's, the, he's the he's the he's the gentleman. I I can tell you this rapidly without even looking it up. He's the gentleman at the beginning of the film that is giving them uh, the test that is blatantly watching Chevy Chase cheat. Yes, he's watching both of them cheat. And I, it was actually the first movie where I saw Frank Oz's face because okay. I hadn't seen Trading Spaces yet. Okay, for me, for me, it'd be Blues Brothers is the movie uh, I first remember seeing. Uh, and I, I didn't see Blues Brothers until after I had seen Trading Spaces. So I, I was already behind on that one. Um, but when I when he pops up in uh, in uh, Spies Like Us, like he comes out, he says like one sentence. And I was like, is that? Is that the guy who does Yoda and this and dark crystal and 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 it and, is and I, and i was one of those yeah and i was like oh my god it fucking is and i yeah no i i he was great and then you go to trading spaces where he plays the cop and he's making fun of uh dan Aykroyd for his tickets at la boheme and he because <laughs> he's going through he's processing them yeah. And he pulls out, he's going through his wallet, and he pulls out, he goes, he goes, two tickets to the opera, La Boheme, or <laughs> La, Bo La Boheme, and he, and he cries, La Boheme, and he goes, La Boheme, it's an opera. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just so snarky about it, and it's, it's great. But he, he plays a corrupt cop, because he gets paid off to process him. Sure, absolutely. So really quick. Uh, my mind is blown. I am looking at what Frank Oz has directed. Do you know everything that he has directed? Uh, not everything, okay, but okay, I so, do so, know a good chunk of it. So it starts with Dark Crystal. Yes. Muppets. Which, which, I it's, I mean it's it's not a Muppet movie. It's not a Sesame Street movie, but it's damn fucking close, and he nails it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Muppets Take Manhattan, which yeah. which he probably got from that. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Yep. I might have known that at one point, but did not actively you... stay in my mind. Really? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Now we're going to go to my my next favorite okay, movie okay, of his. So, so, okay, okay. So, okay. So, yeah, please. What is it? Little Shop of Horrors? No, it's the one after Little Shop of Horrors. Dirty, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It's, it's, it's may Steve. I go to the bathroom now? Uh, yes, you may, Rupert. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it is. It is Steve Martin in his prime, doing what he did great. Dude, uh, I'm, I'm actually very surprised I don't have Steve Martin on my list because Roxanne is by far one of my favorite movies, and he's brilliant in it. Um, yeah, uh, but let's be honest. What, what about, about Bob? What about Bob? Indian what in the cupboard. I'm going to skip right over House Sitter and go. Okay. Indian just, in the cutter. Yeah. Fuck it. And then I'm just, okay, so I'm just going to go through the list really quick. In and out. In and out. Bowfinger, the score, uh -huh. which I want to say is uh, uh, Brando's last movie. 
Uh, ooh, I think you are correct, sir. Yes, Step, I do Step, believe you are correct, sir. Stepford Wives, Death at a Funeral. Uh, fuck. And again, we're going right to Death in a Funeral. Yeah, well, <laughs> so. that was the last. That was the last movie he directed. He did an episode uh -huh. of Leverage. He did Muppet Guys Talking. He's done two documentaries. But I yeah. mean, oh, fuck. I mean, I. We're already, go, we're already going on another hour of, of part two. And I, I don't think, I mean, this is going to be part two. We're not going to go into part uh, two. Yeah. Um, this, but this could no. be a two-hour part two, but, but uh, that's... There's plenty okay. that you're going to chop. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, no. We're, we're keeping all this. This is oh, a no-edit podcast. Um, I, if they, dude, I'm not comparing myself to him at all, but Rogan goes like four hours. Like, Kreischer goes like, you know, three and a half hours. So, like, it's not a thing. Now, I know we are going to get to actresses uh, but what I'd like to do, just so we don't go down a whole tunnel, I know you have three. Uh, let's let's name the three, uh, and then we can cohesively pick one, talk about that, and then we can go right on to the next. Marissa Tomei. Okay. Alice and Janie. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, that's one that uh, uh, Kristen Wiig, strangely enough. All right. Okay. I, okay. So so Kristen Wiig is a very. But I'm also counting SNL. That's the okay, problem. Okay, okay. So, so I'll glaze, I'll glaze over this real fast, and then we can kind of, you know, glaze. We'll, we'll glaze over this real fast. Walter uh, Mitty and Paul. Those are my big references. Where I'm just gonna go. I that I love Kristen Wiig in those. She's. I haven't. Great. I, I haven't seen Walter Mitty yet. I really want uh, to. Ooh, I just, it's one great. of those time. It's one of those time crunch things. Uh, uh Paul. That, yes. It's a it's a feels movie. It's um, like you're gonna it, be ready to like, you know, try. feels feels. Sure. Uh, I'm super excited to see her in Wonder Woman, 1984, yes. 1984. 84. 84. Fuck, uh, fuck yeah. this coronavirus. Let me just say right now, fuck this coronavirus, because we should have had Wonder Woman and we should have had Black Widow. Yes. And I'm, now I'm, I'm very pissed off about Black Widow because I've been I've been one of the ones advocating that shit since day one. Uh, that anyone even suggest, they're like they should make a Black Widow movie. I'm like, fuck yeah, they should make a Black Widow movie. Uh, I mean, a great spy intrigue movie? Are you kidding me? Um, Especially, so, like, a Marvel version of a spy movie? That would yeah. be great! Uh, but going back to Kristen Wiig, I'm excited to see her in Wonder Woman, to see her presentation in that. Uh, Alice and Janney, the first thing I remember her in is 10 Things I Hate About You. Which was uh, my first thing that I wanted to reference, because uh, she has the best character in that entire movie. Absolutely. Uh, Turgid! <laughs> She's amazing in, in, in just about anything she does. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, West Wing. I, her, her fucking I, Tonya. I, Tonya. Fuck. Oh, my God. Her mother. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And that's a real fucking woman. Like, no, and what makes it even worse is if you know, if you've seen the pictures and seen the videos of what her mother was actually like, God damn, she nailed that. Her mom was crazy, and yeah. she pulled it off. Yeah. And and this is a side one, but I'm not like throwing in as like one of my favorite actresses. But anytime I see, I get happy. Jane Lynch. Oh fuck, Jane Lynch is amazing. You go back to yeah. Wreck-It Ralph once again. Go back to oh, Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, dude. I, well, and, and my whole thing was, and it, there are a few. No, you, actors... uh, Christopher Guest. Christopher Guest. You go, you go Jane Lynch. You go Christopher Guest. Best in show. <laughs> <laughs> a mighty, a mighty wind. Yeah, yeah. No, like, the whole set. Yeah. Yeah. But but I but Jane Lynch and what what kills me about Jane Lynch is when I saw her in Wreck-It Ralph, it was one more time that I looked at an actor, I looked at a character and I went, "Well, that's just fucking typecasting." 
when I first out found out that Ryan Reynolds had finally gotten Deadpool happening, I was like, that's just typecasting. Like, you're going to obviously play Deadpool. That's just typecasting. When I find out, when I found out that Robert Downey Jr. was going to be playing uh, Stark, sure, I was like, oh, really? A womanizing alcoholic asshole who had a life changing event that turned him around. That's not fucking typecasting right there. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, it, for those of you who don't know the story, look up Robert Downey Jr. Burger King, okay? The whole reason why he has Burger King in the first Iron Man movie is the reason why he went sober, okay? Look that up, Get read up. that story. It is not only hilarious, but it is very eye-opening, and funny enough, I prefer Burger King over McDonald's. Um, and that's right. it for my actresses. <laughs> Perfect. And, uh, Marissa Tomei, um... Oscar. Uh, I love I love this 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 uh, Benjamin Button thing they're doing with Aunt May in the Spider Man movies. <laughs> I just I just saw that yesterday, and that was hilarious. Like it's great. Like she's just getting younger and younger. And, no, she's and, just getting hotter and hotter. They're they're they're, they're making her less. Frumpy ant and turning her more into the ant that you want that you, you want the hottie ant <laughs> that you want your friends to have. Um, ale. And, is it hey, ale? Hey, there's nothing. There's nothing against. There's nothing against. Um. Uh. Uh. Rosemary. What's her name? Or Sally Fields? They're both. They're both attractive. Yes. No. 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 I. Nothing against. But Marissa Termay smoking hot. Uh. Um, my cousin Venny. My, my cousin Venny is. Uh, uh, is that, one of uh, everyone knows the scene. If you haven't seen My Cousin Vinny, all you have to do is look at My Cousin Vinny and Mr. Tomei. I'm almost positive that's what got her the award. Absolutely. That scene specifically. But I'm not saying anything against everything else she did in that movie. Everything else she did in that movie was great, too. She played... She came from an uh, an Italian immigrated family. She knew exactly where the fuck she was going with this. She knew exactly... she. She knew the neighborhood. She knew how they talked. She knew the people. She sure. nailed it. Nailed and it. and she was the perfect offset for him. Sure. Uh, so, funny enough, Marissa Tormey, uh, the 1990s Countdown episode, my 1991 pick uh, was actually a film that starred Marissa Tormey that came out in 1991. It also starred Sylvester Stallone. Oscar. Tim yes. It was, the it was the first thing I said right after you went to Marissa Tormey, and I just said, Oscar. Oscar. That was the first thing I said, because yeah. I think that that was where I truly fell for Marissa Timmy. I was like, yeah, He's yeah, got He's got you're me. cute. You got yeah. me. Yeah, absolutely. You got me. And uh, that movie is a hard one to find, people. But if you can find Oscar, go and see it. it it's amazing. On, you can rent it. You can rent it on Amazon Prime. If it's only like two bucks, buy it. It okay? is. It is. Um, just, and just buy it. It's worth watching a hundred times. I've already burned through one copy on VHS. I'm about to burn through my second copy, which means I'm going to have to get it on DVD because it'll be impossible to get on VHS. Just save it on VHS and just buy it on DVD. It's on That's DVD. Good. Just save it. <laughs> um, and I will, the, what I'll finish with is the wrestler gave us what, what all of us males have wanted for years upon years. Pine years, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just watch the wrestler. If you know, if you like Marissa Tormey, uh, <clears throat> just watch the wrestler. And you'll, you'll enjoy the wrestler. <laughs> you'll, you'll you'll get you'll get what you you've wanted ever since for a while my, now. My cousin <laughs> and and uh, and Oscar. Um, with that, I mean, we get down another another what can be a wormhole. Oof. 
Um, uh, I will do so, okay, my best. So, okay, so here's here's the real question. Here's the real question. Well, funny we, enough, I, actually, the points that I was going to bring up for this particular question, sure, I've already brought up. Okay. So really, it's just going to be us glazing over. So I don't oh, think it'll take too long. <laughs> perfect. Well, I was going to ask. I was going to ask, and this would be. I mean, this would really be a first. Uh, we've already gone uh, to essentially two hours. Do you want to? Do you want to go? Uh, I mean, we can go out, or do you want to try and do? A I part can finish, three? bro. Let's. I'll, I'll oh, do the whole. Bro, we don't need to finish. Fuck. We can take as long as we want with these. I'm. I'm yeah. just. No, no. I no, no. I'm saying I. I'll go through the whole thing. We'll do this thing. All right, all right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm down if you want to take a break, if you need to take a break. Folks, this may possibly be uh, a, 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 part, a part three. Uh, I'll, I'll play this one by ear, but I'll make my, uh, my time mark. And if we just keep going, uh, you, folks, uh, you folks get a little inside baseball of me not having to edit shit. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, sorry, not sorry. We'll do that bit. Uh, John, so, so uh, possibly getting back with part three. Uh, maybe not. Who knows? Genres, uh, favorite genres. You say that we've already talked about it, and we're going to be glazing over. Uh, but what what do you got? What are you going to hit me with? Okay. Now, genre. I I I am a movie guy. I love to watch movies. I don't pay attention to the names as much as I, I've already said as much as you guys do. However, I as I have shown with my knowledge. Uh, through like bits that I could very easily bring up with you know knowing this very well and the vast number of movies I have seen, uh, my favorite genre has to be sci-fi fantasy. Okay, uh, and what are what are some of your favorite uh, sci-fi fantasies? Well, it it bounces all around, but there's a reason why I love the sci-fi fantasies, and this is the point that I've already brought up: the technical side of movies. What makes the movie magic? Now, I can watch, you know, I, I, I know that there is very, some collection, there's a small collection of, like, CG bits and blah, 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 with, uh, and I'll just bring up Ali, right, with uh, Will Smith, well, yeah. okay? Now, there, it's not a lot, but that is not a technology-pushing kind of movie. It, right. It's they took the technology they already had. They adjusted what they needed to for editing. And that's kind of about it. Right. That there isn't really a lot of what I what they call the movie magic. You know, I, I I I love being stuck in a sense of wonder. I love just going like I Avatar, uh, the the Blue Cats. OK. Yeah, I lived in La Paloma when that movie was playing, and I never took the time to see it. Okay. I've never seen it. I've, I have no desire to see it. Okay. Um, it was, yeah, the only reason why Avatar even happened was because of uh, Jurassic Park. Okay. Jurassic Park happened, and, and he saw that, and he went, I can make my movie. <laughs> he, he 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 saw the, that they were that far in technology that he knew that he could start the steps to help make Avatar. Now Avatar is one of the most like it's CG as fuck. It is like there are whole there's like entire chunks of that whole movie that are just CG. Okay, it's all computer generated. Everything from the people, but like the Lion King. 
like the lion king they called the live action film uh, higher yeah, things i yeah. didn't see that um <laughs> uh, either did i either did i have I. not seen a single live action disney movie i have not one i saw cinderella because the wife wanted to see it and see it. i saw i saw aladdin which, which uh taught me uh that will smith cannot sing <laughs> Any he's a very, more, he's a very, he's a very talent. He's a very talented rapper, but he cannot sing. Uh, and the other thing is, is they did not write. And and this, I mean, this is for me. This is just pure laziness. They did not write any new lines. Everything that Will Smith said was almost was verbatim Robin Williams. So uh. this leads me to the plausibility of if you had that. I'm sure the Williams estate would have gladly allowed you to use the original footage that you had. And then you have just a CGI, like that would be the ultimate tribute to Williams is you just have a CGI Williams. Well, we all know that like 80% of what they used in the movie was him improv. Was just him doing his usual improv. Yeah. It was just him fucking riffing. No, it's one of the greatest. I mean, you, you fuck. I mean, that's an actor that doesn't get talked about enough on this podcast is Robin Williams. Uh, um, oh, yeah. Another one I'm surprised I didn't put in that list. I, I, <laughs> but, dude, there, I mean, there's so much good talent out there. But no, I mean, that was the main thing I took away from that. I'm sorry. I'm going down. I don't know. Yeah. But it's it's like the technical side of all like. But when Avatar happened, that's when a lot of mocap technology was created. Stop that. Uh, <laughs> my mouth is dry leave me alone my mouth is yeah dry. uh for those of you who don't know i could see him in video while we're having this conversation, <laughs> so i get to see the back of his fucking throat which uh stop that <laughs> if you're gonna do that look to your left look to your right don't be looking at me yeah not what i want all right bro um, but avatar is like they broke a lot of boundaries and created a lot of the technology for why mocap exists smog would not be as good as he was in the the hobbit movies without avatar flat out um you know it's sure yeah it's that's how you know i mean and he was doing that shit in the abyss oh i apologize it wasn't jurassic park <laughs> it was the first lord of the rings movie that's when he realized that they could do avatar it was okay. was yeah. The director saw that. Yeah, and I was then, gonna say like, I was gonna say that was like '93. Yeah, no, you, you are correct. Um, it was. I'll roll. It, I'll roll with that one, just like I rolled with a former guest that thought that Martin Scorsese directed The Godfather and The Godfather Two, and I didn't have the heart to tell him that it was Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I. I uh, those two, and he said Casino, and I said, "Ooh, let's talk about Casino." Casino. <laughs> I, I kind of wanted to be like, "Ooh, let's talk about the one he actually directed." Yeah. Uh, uh, but again, this goes back to the re- one of the biggest reasons why I love Star Wars. Star Wars broke all those barriers and the technical stuff that helped create the movie magic that we know and love today. The reason why we have some of these phenomenal... The reason why the Marvel movies are as good as they are. That's why. It, it, sure. took, it took the sci-fi movies and it took the fantasy movies to make these things happen. Absolutely. And, you know, and it's... That's how, and again, it goes right back to fucking Hitchcock. Hitchcock did some fantasy stuff. He did a lot of thriller stuff. He did some horror stuff. But he also did, he mixed all around, which is why I, I think he's a phenomenal director, because he bounced. He didn't just have his stick and go with it. Like, um, I'm not even going to mention his name. Because uh, <laughs> that, that's uh, a hole. 
Yeah, uh, the guy the whole... who did who just did Dog Island. Um, oh, um, uh, Wes Anderson. Yes, every one of his movies is the same fucking movie. Yeah, but like, like no, 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 no. Fantastic no. Fox is really good. Okay. I love the fantastic. Now you're making me think of Wes Anderson films. So you're yeah. Taking- well, okay. And I and I love and I love Budapest Motel. So it, to be honest, that's actually my favorite Wes Anderson movie. Now so. I want to look up Wes Anderson. Was was it, was it him or was it the Coens that did uh, Darjeeling Unlimited? I believe that was the Coens. I'll check because I'm already right here. Okay. Because I'll tell you right now. That movie, I, I I don't know if I've said it before on this podcast, but I'll say it now. Oh, that's Anderson. Fucking that movie. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, come on. It's Jason Schwartzman and Adrian Brody and Owen Wilson. Are you fucking kidding me? No, 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 no. But hear me out. This movie, have you ever seen it? Uh, No. It was movie? one of the ones. Again, I'm not a huge fan of his. Uh, one of my dearest friends it was very, very obsessed with him. And... To be honest, pretty much kind of almost shoved him down my throat. And I was like, dude, I, I can't. I can't. Well, I, can t- I can tell you, I can tell you Dar- Darjeeling Limited, the first time I watched it. That's a, oh, no, I did see that one. Yeah, that is one of the ones I've seen. It's one of those, it's one of those movies where I watched it and I knew for a fact that it's, it's a life-changing film. Oh. Like, after watching it once for me, like, it gave me a new perspective. It made me... It made me. It made me feel things like it. It just like it. It's a. I. I don't want to say it's a life altering film, but like for me, like it. It gave me a whole new outlook and and. I still haven't seen Life Aquatic, and everyone says it's it's one of his best. Fucking Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou is fucking amazing. Okay. Yeah. I. Mm. Okay. So we're on that. I mean, I, I got through Royal got, Tannenbaums. I got through Moonrise. I yeah. Moonrise but Budapest sure. Motel. That's okay. Pretty much where I yeah. Well, the, and but that's but that's the thing. I can't I can't have a director that that just sticks in a very narrow lane. It's I I get that you have your your vision, but it's. I don't know. Sometimes I feel that's just it. It just becomes. It gets to a point where I just feel it's selfish. Sure. You're making a movie for you, and you're, you know, it's like I'm making a movie, and uh, I'll be nice and let you watch it. It, it just it 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 had like sometimes it just has a very pretentious feel about it, and I just, I'm, yeah, I just I can't at that point. But I yeah, I mean. I don't know. I might just be an asshole for having these opinions too, because I kind of am. Um, but yeah, uh, you know. But but so, again, so so fantasy sci-fi is a good yeah, genre. When you, you bounce have, all around, do you, uh, want, do you have another uh, one you want to mention? Um. Uh, okay, animated uh, and obscure wizards. Go and see it, Ralph Bakshi. It's Fuck amazing. Yeah. Okay. Fuck. Um, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's the same guy who did the old Lord of the Rings cartoons. If you know yeah. what those are, go see those too. They are amazing. Um, I, I mean, again, anything Frank Oz has touched, anything Jim Henson has touched. Um, uh, oh my God, I'm bouncing all around. No, that's um, okay. legend. Um, you know, young Tom uh, Cruise, Huh? No, yeah, I said young Tom Cruise. Oh, Miyacera. yeah, young Tom Cruise, Mia Sarah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, no, that's, I, no, that's that's good though. That's good. You got some good ones. 
let's let's move on because you All got right. you, you say you just got one answer for this next one, right? Yes. Childhood crush. Drew Barrymore every day, all day. Don't give two fucks. I love Drew Barrymore. Um, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. So when E.T. came out. Thanks for coming to see our show. Sad to tell you we've got to go. Grab your hat and head for the door. In case you didn't notice Mary anymore. If you like our show, tell everyone but. If you think it's strange, keep your big mouth shut.